Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is A.G. Castillo, and he's here to talk about his book, Valiente, Courage, and Consequence. Now, this is the first in the Valiente series. A.G. has graduated from Texas Tech University. He has a degree in English. And his career in public education, and I, when I read his background, he and I are right there together. I feel like this is someone I have known for years. He's been an English teacher, a high school basketball coach, a principal, and a superintendent of schools. My friend A.G., welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's such a pleasure. And the book... Uh, we're going to talk about the book, but I have to compliment you. And I said this when we were just chatting before we actually started to record. I know you've been an English teacher, but your use of language in this book is just, it's exquisitely beautiful. Your descriptions are just so on point, And you reached out physically almost, from the page, and grabbed me by the collar and pulled me right into that book with the very first sentence. So, great job. Great Thank job. So, Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank well, you. My pleasure. I mean, I, I, it's unusual. Fiction writers, I think, are some of my favorite people because they have this wonderful, wonderful imagination. And... I think I'm a visual person myself, and so reading really good visual prose is just such a treat for me. It's almost like candy for my brain. I really enjoyed that, and, and I think it's important to let the listener know that this person has a real, a real talent. And I'm curious, how does the writer become the writer? You know, sometimes it, you're a child and you read something. And it reaches out and touches you in some way. I've had several women tell me that when they read Little Women, that the the character of Joe as an author touched them when they were young, and so they became interested in writing. Sometimes, you know this as a teacher, you'll make an assignment for some written assignment that the kids need to do, and you get it, and you're reading through, you're slogging through, because it, let's face it, they're not all Hemingway. And so you start reading the, the, the things that they're writing, and all of a sudden, there's a paper that floats to the top, and there's a student that actually gets it, and you see that spark in that student. And some teachers will say something to that student, and that's enough to push them in that direction. Another thing that will happen to authors is that they themselves will experience some sort of seminal event, like a positive thing or a negative thing, and it's life-changing for the person. And it brings a compulsion out in them, a compulsion to share the event. And so they feel compelled to write that book. What's the backstory behind A.G. Castillo? When did you start writing, A.G.? You know, I, 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 it, it's funny that you asked that. I hadn't really thought about that until I started writing this book. But um, back in, in elementary, uh, we, and this is a strange story, but... Um, we were in fourth grade, and we wanted to do a play for Easter, and the teacher was not in favor of that. They 
wanted us to continue with nouns, pronouns, things like that. So um, she said, okay, if y'all write it, we'll do it. And I just took that as a challenge, and so I went and wrote an Easter play. And when I gave it to her the next day, she was like, you wrote this? And I was like, I, I did. And we were able to perform it. That was probably the beginnings of it. Um, in sixth grade, I wrote another play. Um, in high school, I kind of went away from writing because I was involved with sports and and other extracurricular activities. But once I got into college, I took a creative writing course and I wrote a short story. And um, the feedback I got was this would be a great uh, first chapter to a novel. And I was I was taken aback. But you know, quite honestly, I was in college. I was having fun. I shelved it. I kept it in the file. And it wasn't until about maybe four or five years ago that I was cleaning stuff out that I came across it again. And I that was the beginning of Valiente. Wow. I love that. You know, I love that. I'm always so curious. And, you know, there is always, always a reason that a person begins to write. And all the books have two stories themselves. Every book has a story that Anyone who picks it up and reads it, any reader, they get that story from the book. But there's always a backstory behind a book. There's always something that started all of this. What started Valiente? What was the backstory? Where did this idea come from? You know, it, it was it, part of it is is being an educator, and and you know. For the last 25, 26 years, I've been in education in some form or fashion, whether it be in the classroom or as an administrator, as a coach. And I, I see lots of things. I've witnessed lots of things. I've experienced lots of things. I've seen kids struggle with, with identity, uh, struggle with families. Um, you know, and it was something that I struggled with growing up as well. You know, coming from a small West Texas town, having these feelings that you don't understand, uh, but everybody thinking that you're one person, but you're something else, you know, um, kind of, you know, when when I got into education, I, I saw that on a daily basis. And it just kind of I felt like this was there was a need for uh, for this book. And luckily, I had kind of started it in college and I just kind of picked up from there. And um, I think this that the Valiente, the characters that I've created in Valiente um, are universal and very relevant for teenagers today. I could not agree with you more. I mean, that was exactly, it's so funny that you said it that way, because that was the exact thought that I had. I thought this book is so relevant right now. It's so important to read right now. And to get the message that it's okay to not feel this or that, or uh, people think you're this, but you're really not. You're really that. And people, you know, we as human beings tend to make up things for each other all the time. All of us make up a story about anybody. I've had friends say, oh, look at her. She must be blah, 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 blah. Or, oh, my gosh, look at him. He must be blah, blah, blah. You make up a life for somebody. Is that real? Well, who knows? Because you don't really know that person. And exactly. I think this is so relevant and so important for right now. Let's give the listeners just a, a little overview of the first novel, Valiente, Courage and Consequence. 
okay, it's 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 essentially um, when 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 I began to write the book, the, the three things I definitely wanted to to cover were um, I wanted to be to have a strong familial setting, a Latino with a Latino culture. Um, I wanted a character that was going to be universal, that could transcend the barriers of stereotypes and and um, transcend the barriers of you know sexual identity, and I, and I wanted it to be something that that was current and relevant. For me, Valiente is is just it's a tale about a star athlete who is struggling with who he is, um, trying to come to terms with the reflection in the mirror, um, and a, a Latino family who is close knit but they fight hard and but they love harder, and the things that that happen to him that surround him throughout the book. Um, eventually have, you know, he has to have the courage to accept the mirror, the reflection in the mirror, but then there's consequences as well. So in a nutshell, it's just, it's just the angst of a teenage life, I guess, um, as he comes to terms with, with who he is. Yeah, but it's very powerful. And the characters that you present, I mean, this is a large family. It's not like it's one or two people. It's a large family. And there's a lot of family dynamics. And I think one of the seminal events that occurs is the death of the father. I mean, that's huge for for Sente, right? Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It, it you know, um, it, 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 when the book begins, the family's fractured because of the death. And, and um, as the book continue as you continue reading the book you see how they're all five there's five siblings um and they they all have similarities but they're also very different um but you know part of the process that that i enjoyed writing was you know encouraging consequences they are a very fractured unit um but by the time they get to the third book they realize that their strength and their unity and they become more united um and I think that's 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 part of the tale. That's part of of what I wanted to write. I wanted to write a strong about a family and the ups and downs of the family. And um, but definitely the, the the death of the father creates um, creates a fracture within the family for sure. Did you learn anything surprising about yourself as you were writing this book? Sometimes people have revelations. I, I did actually. You know, what's funny is I come from a large Hispanic family, Latino family, and so when, as I was writing, I kept thinking, "Oh my gosh, that's something that my sister would have said," <laughs> and "Oh my gosh, that's what so and so would have said." So a lot of the of the dialogue that you see in, in the familial setting are is actual dialogue that either happened or came close to happening within my own family, and you know, when my family read it, they were like. You, I'm glad you changed the name. And I'm like, I did. I did. Calm down. So, yeah. So, I, you know, I, the thing I learned is that I pulled, you know, a lot of what I wrote about when it came to the family setting, I pulled from my own experiences. But don't you think that that's what happens for authors, that we look at, we look at the world around us and, they, you know, the, the advice that people always give authors is write what you know. Well, what do you know best? You know your family, and you know that right. family dynamic. And when an author uses that family dynamic, I think it gives the work such a smack of reality. I think it, that you can, you can feel it because your dialogue, 
Violetta must be your sister that you, you thought about when you were saying that. <laughs> nobody, wants, she's nobody, wants to, nobody wants to claim Violetta. And I'm like, sorry, it's one of y'all. I love it. But 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 she's truly, you know, she's the, she's the the oldest and she her perspective is different. Yeah. She takes on the role of the protector once her dad's gone. And you know, while her her views, you know, in book 1 might be a bit twisted, um misguided, you know, uneducated, you know, by the time book 3 rolls around, she becomes more more unified with with the the other four. Yeah. I just but yes, nobody it. nobody wanted to be Violetta in my family. Nobody. When I read <laughs> I that like, first description about bossy, and I mean, Victor describes her right, right there. No, Chinte describes her right there at the very beginning, and I I found myself chuckling because I thought, how many older sisters does this describe? <laughs> right, and I come from a family of thirteen, so I've got six sisters, and so everyone was passing the buck, and I'm like, I don't know, I'm not, I'm I'm keeping I'm. I'm not saying who's Violetta. Y'all just, y'all figure it out. Y'all figure it out. So, yeah. You're a smart man. <laughs> I, exactly. I was like, I'm not going to fool the wrath of six sisters. Absolutely not. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Who did you have in mind as an audience when you were writing this book? You know, if I, you know I thought of the students that that I have encountered, you know, high school students, maybe even college students, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, they're... Being a teenager right now, being a teenager when I was, you know, back in the 80s when I was a teenager was tough, but it's just really tough right now to be a teenager. There's so many different things that I never had to deal with, social media being one, um, that, you know, this was targeting more the the teenage group, maybe even the, the college age level. I feel like this book, people, I think people can, I think anyone can, you know, can relate to it, but I was definitely targeting my audience to be teenager, young adult. That's what I thought. But you're right. Almost anyone could read this. First of all, because your writing is so engaging, but almost anyone can read this and have, I think one thing, if adults would read something like this, it would give them an insight into some of the turmoil and some of the I mean, let's face it, there's just been this, the the Tonga volcano erupted, and some of that is happening in every single person right now that you meet, not only because of this pandemic, but because of the way school is being handled, because of the, you know, the social media stuff. Oh, my gosh, I cannot imagine how kids are dealing with that. It's just, it's frightening, destructive, wonderful, fun. I mean, you could use all kinds of, of descriptors, but... It's just such a, a giant melting pot of things, you're right, that they have not dealt with as an adult. And I think that would peel back some of those layers that perhaps they don't understand at this point in time because they didn't deal with these things. And I think because of the way you handled this, that it would give them a little insight. So I think adults would benefit from this book as well as the younger audience. So really good job. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm hoping that's the case. Yeah, I think it really is. Let's give the listeners a little preview of your writing. I know that you have a little section that you'd like to share. Please do that. Absolutely. It's it's a section, you know, the the um, the, um, the main character named Chente and his mom have a very close bond and it's it's a little section that I want to read regarding them. So I'll start. Here we go. Um Mrs. Jimena delicately covered her mouth as she yawned. It's been a long day. At time, I think it's time for me to go to bed. She turned off the light, 
As she walked out of the kitchen, she gave Chente a hug and whispered in his ear, Remember, remember, mijo, that sometimes being valiente can be as simple as loving yourself. Chente thought about his mother's parting words as he watched her walk down the hallway into her bedroom. He sat down on the recliner and began to chronicle everything that had happened earlier that day and realized he was incredibly lucky. He had friends who defended him, a basketball coach who believed in him, and a family who loved him. He was blessed. Still, he just couldn't understand the emptiness he felt in his chest. It was like his soul was searching for something, but it didn't know what it was. And even though it appeared that his life was planned for the next five years with sports, scholarships, and college, Chenta felt like he was drifting aimlessly in the wind. You know, I swear your playwriting early on in your life has influenced the way that you use words so visually, especially that very, very last drifting in the wind. That's just that's just beautiful. I'm going to stop saying that. They're going to think you're paying me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can say that as many times as you want. <laughs> well, but you. it's I true. That. I mean, you, when you hear beautiful prose, I, I have to confess, I'm I'm a writer myself. I've written the unpublished novel, you know, the 300-page unpublished novel. Sure. And I know what this is like, and it's it's so interesting, and it's so wonderful to just hear those images that immediately make your brain see and that I swear comes from the experience that you had when you wrote a play because when you're writing plays it too you must visualize the action mm-hmm. and I think that that's influenced your writing so I believe you're right I believe it, you're right yeah, it makes sense doesn't it it does thank you so much for saying that I appreciate it oh sure I'm sure now that our audience is going, okay, okay, quit talking, where can we get the book? And <laughs> it's available on Amazon, and let me give you titles and spellings and everything so that you can find it on Amazon. If you've never been to Amazon, just put it in your browser and click on the word, and it will just take you right there. I mean, it's the 800-pound gorilla in the publishing business right now. You'll see a search box. There'll be a kind of a light gray, long search box. Here's what to type in the search box. Valiente, and let me spell that, V-A-L-I-E-N-T-E, colon, Courage and Consequences by A period G period Castillo C A S T I L L O click on that and the book will come right up now I told you when we were talking earlier the cover when I saw the cover when it came up I thought oh the cover got my attention right away and I thought I want to ask a question about this cover is there something does it mean something? Is there a reason? I mean, it's designed in four quadrants. Um, what's the meaning? You know, I, th- I think it's it's all of it is symbolism. You know, there's um, Valiente, the um, holding a rosary and praying. Uh, Valiente uh, family, the Jimenezes have a strong um, Catholic conviction, and so part of that is is owning. His mother has an altar where she prays and lights candles every day and prays to it. So that was part of why that image is there. But the the the, the guy holding the basketball with with the lights on him, that's just part of he's always. I mean, he's a, he's a he's a stud athlete, and the lights are always on him. And having the courage to 
for people to see him on the stage for who he really is um, is part of the novel. And then, of course, the, the, the very bottom, you know, you have that one who's needing help. Well, those are his friends, you know, reaching out to help him, you know, over the cliff. I thought there had to be significance. I mean, it was just too, it's too poignant and too prominent for there not to be significance. And if people will look when they see that cover, if they'll look in the upper right-hand corner, there will be two words, look inside. For the longest time, I had no idea what that meant. If you would just put your cursor on look inside and click, the book will open and you can begin to read, you will fall right into the book. Now, I know that they can also buy the book on that same page, but sometimes uh, people don't want to buy from the large corporation Amazon. They're, they're, re- they're ready to support somebody that's a little smaller. So, A.G., is there anywhere else that they could find the book? Absolutely. Um, Archway Publishing um, is, is my publisher, and they're publishing um, Facebook. I mean, um, if you just go to Archway Publishing, they carry the book as well. Target carries the book. Um, and then if you look at my website, um, um, there's, there's an icon where you can, you can buy the book. So. Let's go ahead and give the website because your website also connects to your social media. So we can sort of talk about those simultaneously. Okay. What's that address? Right. It's www.agcastillo.com. And when they go there, I mean, I went and look, I've looked at it, and you've got a whole bunch of little things across the top, and we can, what else can we find? You've got a blog there. You've got some information about you. What else is there on the website? Um, it, you know, Valiente is a series. You can, you can find the other two books, Tattoos and Temptations and Courage and, and, and Flames and Fury. Um, there's excerpts from all three books. Um, how to contact me, um, the blog, the blog, there's about five or there's about maybe eight or nine entries. And they, it just breaks down uh, um, the series a little bit more, gives you more in-depth uh, information. And then there's a little link for you to buy books. So, I, you know, it's just one of those websites that give you a little bit more insight about me and the series. It's great. And we talked about earlier social media. And I think you've done something that's very clever. You've just sort of combined these two things. You've got a Facebook page, an author an author page on Facebook. You've got a Twitter page, and you've got your on Instagram. And so on the right-hand side of your website, you've got little icons that connect. I mean, anybody that knows anything about Facebook and Twitter and Instagram will recognize those icons. They can just click on those icons, and they'll take it. They'll go right to you. Am I right? The- Exactly. If you click on the Facebook icon, it'll take you right to my Facebook account. The same thing for Twitter and Instagram. If you'll just click on the icon, it'll take you to my Instagram account or my Twitter account. Absolutely. I'm afraid that our time is going to an end, and I always hate that, especially when I'm enjoying the conversation so very much. Thank you. I want to give you a chance to have the last word about your work, especially a work like this. This book is, I think, a very important book right now for adults, for young adults, for college age, high school, junior high. I just think it's it's really an inspirational book, and I think it's something that when someone reads it, 
they will take something away. Because I know you didn't just write the book to, to be a nice fiction book. I know that there's more to it than that. When our listeners become readers, when they purchase their copy of the book and they sit down and they, they read, and they come to the last page, they finish reading the last page, and they either electronically or physically close the book. A.G., what do you want them, what do you want your reader to take away? What message should they take away from this book? You know, that that life, you know, um, it's, the book's really just about life, coming to terms with who you are, and really, really liking the reflection in the mirror owning the reflection in the mirror, coming to terms with it, and being able to move forward. What, you know, I want them to, to understand that, that, you know, I don't know, having the courage to do that is hard. Um, but in the long run, you know, it's what's best. Um, you know, I, I just think that, that um, I just think it's an important book um, for any reader. Um, but I, but I think that the reflection, um, seeing who he is, accepting who he is, was, was Chente, is probably the most significant thing that's going to come from it. Um, there will be consequences from that that lead to book two and book three, but the ending of book one is he's come to terms with who he is and he's moving forward. I just think you've done such a terrific job. I think your prose is so beautiful. I would really encourage our listeners to pick up a copy of the book. I hate to let you go. I have enjoyed our conversation so much, and I have so many more questions that I could ask you, but I think we have to stop for today. It's just been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being my guest on Books on Air. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Now, remember, you can find Valiente, Courage, and Consequences on Amazon by A.G. Castillo, C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll join me for the next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so very much for listening.